Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me, as always, when we talk lacrosse is Dairyfield AD and boys head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. It's uh, end of the season. It's playoff push time. We're uh, we're gearing things up here. Uh, you and I were looking at playoff scenarios that we'll talk about in a little bit here. But it's uh, you know I think we said it last week. It's hard to believe we're already here, but it's that time. Memorial Day weekend. We got college championships coming up. It's playoff time. Where did this season go? I mean, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was just up here, you know, the other day talking with your guys about you know how excited they were about the start of the year and and all that stuff. And and now here we are. Uh, you know, maybe you know what I. You know what? We, we, since we let, this is usually the weather segment. Uh, I feel like this up and down with the with the weather and and just it's you know been kind of chilly at night. Uh, it hasn't really gotten me into that feel that like we're that close to playoffs. Like I need some I need some eighty five degree no, days here. Days here. I told you last week I'm fine. I'm fine with that. We're uh, we're we're good. We're we're good with the weather the way it is right now. It's nice to <laughs> coach right, in. It's nice to play in. Yeah, that's true. I I probably say the opposite if we we'd had nothing but. 80 degree days the last I remember week. plenty of times being at uh, Stellos and other places for playoff games and having thunderstorms interrupt the games and having to sit there. We're, we're good with the weather That's the way true. it is right now. All right. Well, you can listen to the Ninth State Sports Show every Thursday morning during the lacrosse season by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify and Odyssey. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHSSports. You can send feedback or questions there or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Now let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at prolaxcustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to prolaxlacrosse at gmail.com. Well, uh, we've been starting off, uh, I think, with uh, with the coaches poll every week, so let's uh, let's take a look at that. Uh, some changes. Uh, once again, you know, we, we went how many weeks with um, – with no real movement anywhere. Like the whole first month, yeah, the, we yeah, really didn't uh, just have about. much of a movement there. Uh, and, and, I mean, there there have been two spots in the poll that have not moved, that have not changed all season. Uh, one of those, of course, is uh, the number one spot. Uh, Bishop Girton still hanging on there. Um, all, all the first-place votes, once again, I think that's been all season. They've been the unanimous number one. Um, and then this past Sunday, uh, I mean, what an incredible game. Uh, I know you were there. Uh, yeah. I was following updates. I've gotten to watch some highlights since then. I mean, what an offensive explosion. So, so that, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I tried to do a little research, um, over the weekend, uh, to find out the last time that BC high uh, gave up 20 goals and I 13 and a half, wasn't it? The, uh, didn't they go on a 13 two run in the second half or something? It like might've been, I know it was, it was, um, it was seven, nothing to end the game. Uh, but 20 goals in a game. I don't know if BC High's ever given up that many goals in a game. Yeah. I, I, not that I. Not that you know. There's a lot of great schedules online, but going back, you know, the last eight years or so, I feel pretty confident in what you're seeing there. And they. I mean, they've been as good of a program over that time as as, as BG has oh, been. Oh, I mean, even, they're 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 a D1 state championship sure. contender this year in Mass. Even going back to like early 2010s, they yeah. had a couple years where they were sub 500. They weren't giving up. You know, maybe they'd give up 15 or 16 here or there. They weren't giving up 20, uh, you know, so that that in itself is just, I think, 
they may have scored the most ever goals in a game against. Uh, I know their head. Co- I know their head like coach well, Marcus Craigwell. Played uh, played club with him for a long time. He's he's a defender himself, so no. I think he's going to be a little <laughs> no. upset with with his team oh after that after that one there. And he is. He's known for he's known for putting together great defenses. So I think it just it speaks to the. Uh, you know, just the the offensive prowess and, and explosion, and uh, you know, just all the talent that that BG has this year. You know, they and they were chasing. Um, you know, that entire game, they got down six two in the first quarter, and it felt like every time they would come back to get within a goal or to tie it, BC High had an answer. Up until you know the up fourth, until up didn't. until the fourth, <laughs> yeah, up until the fourth quarter. You know, it it, it was a, a, a Connor Gabord scored with like six seconds left. I want to say in the third quarter to tie it. And then scored 46 seconds into the fourth quarter, and then it was just like it snowballed. You were telling had, me you thought you thought part of the uh, part of it was that you know uh, Connor Gabor, Tim Kiley, and Connor Bouvier were were on the field a, a yeah, lot more yeah. than maybe what they had been. And when the chips were on the line, they were delivering. For they them. had a stretch, I want to say, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, where those three were out there pretty consistently. And it may it may have been because BG had possession for so long, and that's just what was. You know, no, you don't really sub in and out that much when you're when yeah. the ball's not moving back and forth, right? You know, moving around, right? I so, think Caleb Young had a pretty good game. He had too, a good game as well. Yeah. He had three goals. Brady Dumont had three goals. Um, Kylie had three. Bouvier and Gavard both had four. I, I, yeah, I just it's it's hard to you know look at at any one guy in there, and and as it's been all season for them, um, but just they, I think this too, you know, they still have a game against Acton Boxborough coming up. Um, but this was kind of their last opportunity to get a win like this in front of top twenty, the home crowd. top twenty, yeah. US, you know, top twenty U.S. program sure. uh, in the rankings right now. I think the new ones just came out this week. BG receiving votes. Uh, you know, they 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 went out. They they win a state championship. They could be. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I I feel like there might have been a year, but if they went out, well, I would say this could be the first time they've been ranked in the top. I, you're going to correct we, well, me, aren't you? Well, no, we've talked because I think we've talked about this before. The 2018 team that I was doing yeah. this season with was undefeated going into the championship game, had a win over BC High during that season, and I think if they'd have won that championship game, BC High ended up being right. getting getting votes. Yeah, I think if BG had won that championship, then they would have been in there. They they would have had to have been. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that kind of de- kind of derailed us right there. Uh, we we got through one team on the coaches' bowl. Um, so um, again, the next four teams getting you know thrown in the mixer, shaken up, and just dumped right back out. Uh, Pinkerton now uh, is your number two team. They move up from from three. First time this year that they've been number two. Um, you know that spot's been and and now I think that makes them what the fourth fourth team of usually these, oh. don't have this much <laughs> we usually don't have this much movement in that in that top uh especially in the top two but, sure uh, yeah uh kind of neat to see how it's been changing week to week and and how coaches are viewing wins and and teams getting healthy and things like that throughout the year yeah so pinkerton moves from three to two exeter moves from four to three Dairyfield moves from five to four and portsmouth is the team this week that drops from two to five but it, this for, is for the what thing. reason too but, well <laughs> they did what? lose to, they lost their first Fair game enough. to londonderry um we'll get to that a little bit in a moment um but you know you look at the point totals pinkerton had 84 exeter had 83 Derryfield had 75 portsmouth had 72 there's not much i i think it's a, just a matter of like who are you feeling is good this maybe week? a little like style points yeah, in there yeah. too maybe some style points from the teams too um but at this time of year though it's kind of like win in advance right like the poll's fun but i think for all these teams right it's kind of like hey 
we want to stay healthy. We want to keep winning and keep getting better. But uh, it does make for some interesting uh, talk in, in the changes there. And then for, what is this, maybe our sixth or seventh poll of the season, Bedford once again, number six. Locking it down. Uh, they've got that held held down. Um, but, that, but if you look this week, only seven points Closing behind uh, yep. Portsmouth for that fifth place spot. Londonderry making a jump, uh, moving out of the eighth spot for the first time. They're at seven alone. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they they were tied for for seventh with Timberlane, uh, coming off that win over Portsmouth last week. Uh, the Lancers move up to seven. T- Timberlane switches. They move down to eight. Um, no, I bec- not because of anything they did, but I think be- more because of what Londonderry did. I, I would think I think you're right there. I think the the Londonderry win over Portsmouth uh, definitely definitely boosted definitely boosted them up. Timberlane's playing well right now. We'll get into it. Had a big win. Had a big win yesterday. Yeah, Merrimack uh, still at number nine, and then a new team uh, moving back into the poll for the first time since the preseason poll. Winnicott at number ten. Um, they bump uh, St. Thomas out, and then Bo um, actually Amy. finishing ahead of St. Thomas in terms of uh, overall votes or points. Um, they're also getting some votes in there too, so they'd be your your eleventh team if we uh, if we did a top eleven. You know, and I think I think there is I think there's a couple couple tiers there, right? You've got that tier up on top that keeps changing around, interchangeable a little bit, and then the and then that next tier down there where there there's a group of teams that um, you know, and and as we talked about earlier, I think all these things are kind of going to get played out over over the playoffs in the next couple of weeks, but definitely fun to see see the movement and. Uh, how, how teams are uh, being viewed um, as they pick up wins over the next couple of days. All right. Well, before we get into uh, a lot of the stuff in depth, I, I had some stuff I wanted to get off my chest here um, because the more and more we, the closer we get to playoffs, the more and more I think about this, the more and more, I, I know we've talked about this already. Um, I, I, I'm getting aggravated. Now, is this, <laughs> is this going to be, is this going to be a, a rant because it's going to make it difficult for you to cover all the games? Or do you feel that there are things that are unfair for programs and, and teams? Both. Or both. I, I think it's both. Both. I, I do okay. think it's both. And, and not, I, I don't, I wouldn't say just programs and teams, but for schools in general, mm. you know, um, so, so what I, my, my issue here is, is the schedule, the way the playoffs have been scheduled. You know, we had some changes this year where they added an extra round for the girls for the first time. It always had been the top eight get into the playoffs, regardless of the 70% rule, which is 70% of the teams in the division make the playoffs. This year they changed it to that, so now you've got an extra round of playoffs for the girls. Um, You've also got a situation where all of the girls' championship games are on the same day at the same time in three different places, which they do it for the semifinals. Boys semifinals are the same way, all three on the same. But that's, I feel like that's a little bit more <laughs> acceptable, if you will. Um, but you know, it, it's well. From if you're an, trying obviously to, from, your, from, your from my perspective, it's, it's impo- make it, it impossible. makes impossible. You know, I have to pick. You know, there's you know one of the games is going to be really close to my house. Another of the games that I probably would lean towards covering more than that is you know, an hour away. And then the third game is, I mean, I can't even think about it because it's, it's even further away. Um, and, and that just makes it, you know, I want to have provide coverage for all of these games and it just, it makes it impossible. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the thing that's Correct happened over the wrong, last, but is the girls championship on a weekday? Yeah. And it's on a Tuesday. Yeah. I think that's um, what makes it really difficult. The, it's the, it's the only team sport. Um, yeah. Cause in for the, example, in track, state. track is taking place today. 
you're right yeah um yeah the track track this year has been spread out the meets yeah. have been spread out instead of having them all on saturday or all on friday um they are spread out this year um but outside of that i think this is the only champ those are the only championships that get played on a day that isn't friday saturday or sunday like I, what i don't think that's entirely fair either uh. It depends on what you define as a team sport, like like Alpine, for example. I coached Alpine for a long time. Again, I know like similar to track, right? A lot of individual individual things there. It is scored as a team. Those take place during the weekdays at separate venue at separate venues. It's hard to hold hard to hard hold to, all divisions at, and on one race course. That would well, be hard. How, let me ask you: this. Um, How many spectators do you get for those? Um, well, you don't really. I mean, they can line the mountain. They can go different. Parents can come. Sure, right. So it's right, not, right. So my point, my point being, is that I think the difficulty with the girls' championship is the fact that it's taking place on a weekday. With the boys' championship, you can play it. You know, it, when it's done at, at, at Bill Ball over in Exeter, they can start. You know, earlier in the day and go all day. When it's on a weekday, when kids are in school, you really can fit one one game in, maybe two. They've like, had, yeah, they, you can get two. That's you know. what they've done in the past. Has right. had like you know one and two on the same day, and then three on right. same day, same place, and then three on a different day. Right. Although they've in you know more recently done them on the same day. Right. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself here because the the real the real thing that I I find to be unfair to the teams is is they've added this extra round of playoffs. And initially, I th believe playoffs were supposed to start next Thursday. Uh, was that June 1st, I believe? With the quarterfinals, and then you had the semifinals on Saturday. Well, instead of just bumping everything back or, you know, doing you teams they, playing on Tuesday they now, don't you? Make the, made those games on Tuesday. So potentially of, you got families going away for the long going weekend. Going away for the long weekend. You might want to well, practice on just, a Monday. It's not just that, too. It's who are you going to play? Mm. When are they When are they come putting out these yeah, playoff not, brackets? Well, they're, they're due on the Monday. In the past... They have, you know, if if you if you have a playoffs that's starting on a Monday or Tuesday after a weekend, you don't usually have anybody playing on Friday, so the brackets come out the Friday before. There's teams playing on Friday. Technically, all the schedules need to be verified by 8 a.m. on Monday. There's your insider info right there. So, okay. if it gets in earlier than that, then potentially you'll know. I think also, you know, like a lot of us, like we can look at the standings and we'll kind of know. Like you'll you'll kind of know unless there's tiebreakers and then it's hard and you can't. But um, I remember this when this has been a while, but when we were back in Division Three, this would happen a lot. The first round would be on that Tuesday, and we would have to actually prep. We, I would tell the guys, "Hey, we're going to watch the championship, and then uh, we're having a five o'clock practice, and and you know, getting ready for there." Um, it does. It kind of break. It's nice not to have to come in on the weekend if you don't want to, right? If you don't feel the need to. Um, well, you're also finding out. So presumably, you're finding out Monday morning who you're going to be playing on Tuesday, right? I mean, for, for sure. You, you say, yeah, you, you have an idea of where they line up. There have been years in the past where brackets have gone out that have been wrong and they've needed to be fixed. And it's taken, you know, a while to fix them. Uh, you know, I think back probably about 10 years, there was a field hockey uh, situation where teams were supposed to play on Tuesday. The brackets came out, you know, late morning Monday were wrong. And it took until like eight o'clock at night to fix them. You know, so then what do you how, your practice is done? How are you preparing for? the team that you're going to be playing. But so it's not just it's not just that. You know, so you've got the girls playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for their first three rounds of playoffs. Boys are also playing Thursday, Saturday for their first two rounds. You know how many games there are on Wednesday of next week? I'm going to guess zero. Zero. Do you know how many games there are on Friday of next week? Also zero. Why not bump the girls back, have them play Wednesday, Friday, 
do your semifinals on Monday like you, you're doing with the boys. Have them, you know, same thing, five, seven at your, your, your sites. I know what, and I already know what you're, you're going to say. Well, you've got the venues. We're not using colleges anymore. We're using high schools. It should be a lot easier to get the high schools situated than, than with the colleges. Potentially. Potent yes, potentially. You know, you've already got these fields reserves for Tuesday. Maybe you push the, the finals back then, do the semis on Tuesday of, of that following week, and then have the finals later in the week. You could then do it Thursday, Friday. You'd have them spaced out so someone like myself could get to all those games. I'm hearing Jeff Collins might be retiring soon, I think. I think <laughs> Joe Marshallina for an HIA president. Um, you want you want all that heat, right? Oh, of course. I <laughs> I could I yeah, I could probably take it for about a week. Um I do think it's I, I do think it's potentially a good a good solution. Um, you know, I, I do know just what, from me, watching me it taking, happen. Me taking over the that's the good or you just <laughs> Okay, I thought bold, we, bold, we, we, yeah. we'd gone back to the playoff no, I, thing. I think, okay. it's a, I think it's potentially a good solution, but I, I just knowing how these things get done, there is a, they do do a lot into reaching out to schools to try and figure out when they can do it. And then, you know, these other schools oftentimes are sharing their facilities with other programs. So, like, when you're just looking at lacrosse, you know, do they have a boys and girls program? Are they going to need to potentially be practicing on that day? Can they, there, There's a lot of different things that go into it. Um I do know they try really hard to think about the things you're talking about. And sometimes I agree. I look at it and I'm like, why would you make that decision? Um, but uh, that, that's the only thing. I don't know why the championship for girls is played on a weekday. I think that's a really tough. I think that's I, I think it's I agree. I think it's a lot better just for everybody when it's played on the weekend for media, for fans, for parents, for everybody. Well, and, you know, for, whether you win or lose, you can celebrate as a team. You can go out. You know, it's, it's just harder to do it on a weekday. For years, when when the games were at SNU, the girls games were at SNU, they would do one and two, say like five, seven on one day. And then they'd come back and do three on the next day, yeah. you know, or. One three and, and I will two. say I do remember it wasn't always this way for the boys either. Like no, we did, oh no, I do was, remember yeah, we played yeah. on a weekday. You know, there a lot was of times I, so back in my newspaper days, I you know, we covered um, you know we covered Bedford for the weekly papers at the Telegraph, but we didn't cover it for the Telegraph. Yeah. So it, there were other games that I had to be at. I don't ever. I never saw any of Bedford's boys the the championship games because I was usually covering right. the girls finals at the same time. Right. So I mean I think they are I think they are trying to take those things into consideration. Still not perfect yet. I would suggest you know what I, Jeff Collins. I can give you his number. He'll, be, <laughs> he'll bring you on the committee. So hey, I would I would I think I told you this a few years ago I, when they were asking for committee members for for not necessarily for lacrosse but for anything. And then I found out you had to be affiliated with a school. Like well that you know I that really limits you I think on. Uh, on, on how, who you can get on your committees. But the other thing I would say, too, is, okay, fine, you, you can't move the se girls' semis, the finals, so why not move the boys up a day? You know, have the boys start on Wednesday, have the quarterfinals Friday, so then you're not overlapping boys' quarterfinals with the girls' semifinals on Saturday. Like, that's, I don't know. I just, it, it seems to make too much sense. Um, but I think I that's, digress. That's probably, yeah, we'll, that's probably we're not changing that. it for this year, but that was that was an excellent rant, <laughs> and uh, you know we're sorry sorry for the sorry for the media that have to make a decision this year on who to cover. Yeah, and well, I, my no, my the apology should be to the teams that don't get covered. Fair enough. That's you know, they're they're the ones that are losing out on this. Like it's I I, I still get to go to a game. I'll be at a game. I'll have fun watching it. Um, you know, and unfortunately, there's going to be 
teams that don't get covered in the playoffs because that's what the schedule looks like. I, you know, yeah. it's looking like I might have a little bit of help um, getting to some of these, getting some of these games in, but not all of them, unfortunately. So, all right. Well, let me take a take a couple <laughs> deep breaths here and see get back to uh, get back on track here. Uh, but what I wanted to, you know, wanted to start out with this week is, uh, you know, looking. We, we're talking playoffs, obviously. Um, you know, we're we're starting to see some things kind of shape up in terms of where teams are going to finish. Uh, but, you know, the one team that's had a week where or, or in the middle of a week that um, is going to probably influence the most stuff in Division One has been Bedford. Quite a, 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 you know, finishing stretch here. with They had Merrimack on Monday. Took uh, care of business took there. Took care of business there. Won that one 15-5. Wednesday they were scheduled to play Londonderry, who they had a close game with a couple weeks ago. I believe it was a one-goal game. Bedford win there. Then they finish up the regular season Friday at Pinkerton in a game that could. You I know, mean, those two games are going to de- determine the determine top, the top. Whole, the top five seeds. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it looks like as of right now, it looks like the only things that have really been determined. BG looks like it's going to be the one seed. Londonderry looks like it's going to be the six seed. Uh, and then it's you know a little bit like the coaches poll. Those those uh, those two through five teams uh, could change a lot in the next uh, next couple of days. Uh, but it's really going to hinge on those two games uh, involving Bedford, specifically that one on Friday. Uh, I think we were looking at it before we started, and you know, if Bedford wins out, I think they might finish as high as um, two or three. You know, if if Pinkerton wins that game, they might finish up there. Exeter's up there. Merrimack, um, you know, they they um, need to pull off a big win at Exeter, uh, but they've got a shot at being up there too. Just uh, it, it's crazy to think that there's that much left to be determined as we get this close to normally at this time of year. It's pretty much pretty much locked into place. But, sure. yeah, there's a lot of movement. I mean, it, you know, we're going to take a look at the D2 side of things, too, in a little bit. And there's same thing. There's a little there's some some big <laughs> games, big games. later. This Everybody's week. so cl- bunched together in there, too, um, that there could be a lot of change. You know, um, that game on Monday with Merrimack uh, between with Bedford and Merrimack, um, I, you know, I think I told you I, I thought that that was going to be you know uh, uh, two teams that play really good defense uh, might be a little bit closer. Um, and Bedford I told you just, I think coming into it that I thought I thought Bedford would pull that out, but I, I thought it would be, be a close, partic- sure, I thought it would sure. be a closer game. I didn't think it would be as high scoring as it was. Um, you know, it sounded like Bedford just came out on fire in the first quarter. It was uh, I want to say it was a two-one game um, through the middle of the first quarter, and then late in the quarter, Bedford caught a cup. You know, was able to. Um, Break it over. It was in. six six one five one at the five end one. of one. Um, they got out and transitioned a little bit, um, and then in the second quarter, Merrimack just had a stretch where they kind of I don't want to lost focus, dropped you know just dropped the ball, um, literally and figuratively. Um, but all of a sudden, it went from being five one to nine one, um, completely different game. Just a, a really a bad like I said a bad stretch there for Merrimack. They came out in the second half though. Um, Made it nine four, could have been nine five, except they had a goal waved off on one of the stranger crease violations I think I've seen because usually when you have a crease violation, it's on the kid that scores, right? Unless the ref got his numbers mixed up, it was on someone else that was in the crease on the goal. Oh, yeah. So could have been nine five. It's nine four, ten four at the end of the third quarter. Um, the uh, you know Merrimack had, and, and part of the reason they were able to stay in it not only did their defense start to play a little bit better they put in um, their backup goalie uh, Mason Tremblay who um, 
you know, he unfortunately gave up a goal on his, the first shot he faced, but he didn't see it until about eight minutes into the third quarter. So a little understandable. But then from then on, he had a stretch where he kept Merrimack in the game with some nice saves. And then as the game kind of got to the final minutes, not an easy thing away. to do. Most time coming off cold off the bench like that, especially I don't know if you knew, was he being warmed up at halftime at all? If he was, I didn't notice, yeah. uh, but he probably, I've got to imagine he was. Yeah. Still not an easy thing to be, not, you know, not an easy mindset to, to keep throughout the first half and then uh, to be ready like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and as we were saying, Londonderry, uh, Bedford playing on Wednesday. Um, so of course, by the time you, time you all listen to this, you'll know what uh, the outcome of that game is. But like I said, Londonderry looks like it's going to be the sixth seed or it is going to be the sixth seed. How much should that scare whoever ends up third? Uh, because Londonderry's played everybody tough. They play everybody tough, and I mean that's that's the thing in the playoffs. You know, defense and goaltending usually usually translate, and um, you know they are. That's two things that they do really well. They can get out in transition. They've shown that at times they can be explosive on offense. Um, you know, I I think that is a tough that is a tough draw. Um, but that that's one of the in 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 D one. I don't think anybody expects an easy quarterfinal game. Because I mean, you're only taking eight teams, so you know usually you've got pretty good teams making the playoffs there. But that's a particularly tough one to match up with. Absolutely, um, yeah. So those those three, six, four, five games should be uh, should be pretty good in, yeah. in Division One. And then um, the bottom two seeds. I know we we kind of joked uh, maybe a week or two ago about does anybody want those? Um, well, it looks like Dover does. Uh, Dover's come out and had a nice run here to end the season. Playing very well to end the season. Um, yeah. You know, if they get a win uh, Wednesday night against uh, Manchester, that would put them at six wins, six and ten for the season. And really, if you look at you know a couple things break their way in some other games, we're talking about Dover it's as like a nine, a win, nine win season. Yeah. You know, maybe even the five seed. Um, so really nice uh, way that they're finishing off the season. I give Coach Murphy a lot of credit. You know, the, his team early in the season, you know, they went through a stretch where they they lost six games in a row, but he was able to keep his guys together. You know, they, they started to get on track. They had wins over, over Memorial and Concord, kept it together there again, and, you know, um, are playing really well right now. I got to see a little bit of their game Friday against Nashua North. Um, and, uh, you know, guy we talked about at the beginning of the year, um, Dom Chalifor, uh, their, their junior goalie. I, I mean, I, we, we talked about how we, you know, saw him during indoor season and, and were very impressed. Just as impressive uh, – Friday night, it was a 12-2 win over North. Could have easily been a 12-8 game, and he just he had some saves in that game that were just picked kinda, up. I think was that the game he the picked game up his 600, 600, 600, yeah, 600 save yeah. as a junior, uh, which is you Incredible. know just crazy. Uh, I mean, that's I look you know went back and looked at it, and the number of games. I mean, I'm assuming he's been the starter since you know the beginning of freshman year. Um, if that's the case, he's averaging about 13 to 15, I think, saves. Um, a game over that time and certainly in some of those games it's been you know closer to 20 yeah um, so yeah nice nice job by him and then that that other playoff spot is going to come down to Wednesday night's game I think between Concord and Salem um, you know I think the winner of that game is probably going to end up with the eight which seed. was a one goal game the last time the two teams played. yeah so that should be uh, that should be an interesting finish there um, you know despite maybe what you see in the uh, on on the website there with the standings uh, that that I think um, hasn't been determined yet. Um, so yeah, Concord Salem could be your uh, the winner. Of that one should be your eighth seed. And that's even with uh, you know the NHA, they still have uh, they that's, have Concord, well, they have Concord saying, knocking off Dairyfield. Yeah, so that's what I was alluding <laughs> to was so. that, that there's an extra um, win there for Concord that yeah. really isn't there. Uh, so yeah, whoever wins that game will it fin- you know finishes with five wins, which It'll I believe be which should get should them get in. them in. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, what we thought about Division Two, and uh, really, uh, it's it, it looks like we know what order teams are going to finish in, but you never know. I mean, there's some games coming up that, that you know. Well, for sure, Portsmouth is locked in as the one seed. Uh, we need to take care of business on Friday. If we're able to, if we're able to beat Hollis on Friday, then we would, we would, uh, we would finish in the in the two seed. Uh, I believe actually, if we lost that game, uh, Timberland would actually jump us by points. If they finished, if we finished, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, we would finish 15 and two. I had to do quick <laughs> math there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, now that I think about it, I think we are pretty much locked into the two seed at that point. Um, so Portsmouth and Dairyfield are likely the the one and two seeds. Uh, Timberlane, I can't. I, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm pretty sure they are also locked into the they, three yeah, seed. They, I don't. I don't see any way they finish out of the out of their based on the win yeah. they had over Winnicott yeah. yesterday. Uh, I think they're pretty much locked into the three yeah. seed there as well. Um, and then there's a little bit of then there's a little bit of movement possible um, with the four, five, six, and seven seeds. And maybe actually, you know, I think you go all the way. I down think you to, go all the way to, down to, to ten. To, yeah. Well. Yeah. Even beyond that, to, to I mean, there's what 14 teams that get in. So Obviously, think, the team that's 14th know, isn't going to jump yeah, up. Yeah, I, I think we kind of know who who's in, but we don't really know what the what they're where they're yeah. going to finish right now. Um, I think you have teams. Um, you know, you said you mentioned four, five, six, seven. Those teams are probably going to could move up and down there. But really, I think if you look at five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even go all the way down to the t- yeah the tenth, eleventh seed there could be a lot of movement in there just depending on point totals, you know, who maybe, you know, if someone doesn't get the job done, loses a game that they shouldn't lose or they, they aren't expected to lose, um, you know, that could play into it. Uh, just um, still a lot, I think, left to be determined in there. Of course, some of those games are Wednesday night, so we'll we'll have figured that out by Thursday morning a little bit more. Goffstown uh, Hollis tonight at St. A's. That's big one. Gonna, that's going to be a big one to help determine help determine seedings there. Um, Winnicott and Sauhegan play on Thursday, and then Winnicott plays has to turn Alburn, around and play Alburn yeah, on Friday. Yep. Those two games are going to be huge. Um, you know, two big road games for the Warriors. They've got to you know try to bounce back from yesterday. You mentioned Hollis playing Goffstown. They've also got. You know, Dairyfield Friday, that, um, that's their, you know, 6.30 game senior night. That's really all the way up to the end. I mean, that might be the last game of the yep. – the literal last game yep. of the regular season. STA has Sauhegan to finish up with. And, again, you know, a team that I, I'm not sure why they fell out of the coaches' poll. I mean, they've been as hot as any team since since they're putting up, you know, double-digit points in just about all their games. They had a nice uh, a nice win on the road at, at Wyndham the other day, 9-4. Not an easy place to travel to and, and took care of business there. Remember everything I saw from online, the 7-0 run in the second half. Um, you know, again, an explosive, explosive team there and, and capable of making some noise come playoff time there. Um, you know, I I got them I got them in the four. I, I, I think they're in that 4-5 game no matter what, um, somewhere there. Yeah, the team they beat Wyndham going up to Hanover on Friday, which, you know, Hanover struggled a little bit this year, um, lost a bunch in a row lately. Uh, but – Always but still, a tough drive but still to make. take yeah. and, and still playing hard. I mean, they they have not they've they're certainly not rolling over. I mean, the last two games they 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 only lost to Hollis twelve six and and they lost to Sauhegan ten eight. You know, they're certainly uh, they're certainly still playing hard. You know, tough to say. You know, I, I we talk about Londonderry being maybe the team that nobody wants to see in Division One. Um, I was trying to think about who would be that team in Division Two, but there might be four or five teams. I think there's a whole bunch yeah, of teams. Yeah. I think yeah. we'll, we'll know better once, you know, the seeding gets a little bit more 
finalized and you see some of maybe some of the potential matchups down the road but I think all the top teams have seen close games against teams there so I, th I think you do have the potential for upsets in the quarterfinals and and really great games in the semifinals and, and finals um you know I think I think D2 is, is there's as much parity as there's ever been this year hopefully we we say I feel like we say that a lot and then uh and then sometimes the semis end up being the chalk um you know it's been I feel like it's been a little while since anybody's gone on like one of those um, magical run ma there. yeah like a like a surprise run to the final four kind of kind of bit there but uh i mean unless you count the the wacky you know 2021 year where you know it was just uh, every everything that you thought was going to happen went the other way so it was uh you know a little bit a little bit surprising there but um yeah we'll see how that shakes out over the next couple days division three i think um Oh well, um, or any any other thing about uh, Division Two you wanted to hit on before we? Before uh, move well, on? Division Two, you know, with Division Two, I think you know after after the the ten seed there, what are some other? Do you have some of the other team? You have some of the other teams that are potentially looking to get in right now. I mean, I I I've been particularly impressed. I know I've said it again before with with Coach Lawson at Pembroke. You know, he's his team has been battling hard there. Um, they got one game left with Kingswood with an opportunity to finish uh, with seven wins you know, and make the playoffs. I know coming into the season, that was their goal. Their seniors really wanted to make the playoffs, potentially host a game. I don't think they're going to get to host a game, but um, looks like they, they're they probably in. So the, the what it really is, it, um, they're right now, I think, the 13th team, if I counted right, four, eight. Yeah, thir yeah always good to count while you're recording. Um, they're the 13th team right now. Um, you know, because of petitioning down, Keen is, is – as far as my understanding is, they're not eligible for the playoffs. Um, they, although they would, they're in the 14th spot right now, so that puts you with um, a three-way tie for that line, final spot right now with Merrimack Valley, Kingswood, and Hanover. Um, so yeah, though you know whoever comes out of that group um, this week, like we said, Hanover's got Wyndham coming up. Um, you know, Kingswood has Kennett and Pembroke, uh, and then Merrimack Valley has Timberlane. So. It's you know locked to go there. You know, a Kingswood might be have a little bit of an edge there, just having two games left. Mm -hmm. um, you know, an extra opportunity to try to get a win um, to bump them in front. So that that's really kind of a bigger factor there, um, I think, than maybe who any of those teams are playing. Conval, Conval still has a chance uh, with it to get to uh, to get to above five hundred on the season. There, they've got two games left uh, back to back with Hillsboro and Keene. Um, opportunity, I think, to go eight and seven on the season, and that could be big. That could push them up, um, you know, from where they. I think they're twelfth right now, maybe up to nine or ten. Yeah, depending on what other teams do. So, be an interesting finish. Uh, as we say, Division Three, um, that one kind of looks a little bit more uh, defined. You know, we we know what we're probably going to end up with here. Bo's the one seed. You know, clearly still undefeated. Uh, Campbell. It looks like they've got the two seed wrapped up, uh, you know, Pelham three, Plymouth four, and Cole Brown at five. And then it gets interesting because then you've got Laconia and Hopkinton, who at the moment are tied uh, at nine and five. Hopkinton has the tiebreaker for head-to-head -head win. So the, right now, Laconia is the seventh seed, which with there being ten playoff teams this year, that means they would be playing in an opening round game. Also means that if they win that game as the seventh seed, they got to go play Campbell. So usually, you know, you're, you're the two seed in Division Three, 
you're feeling pretty good about your your two seven matchup there, and then you might or, you know, or if if Hopkinson slips up the rest of the way, they end up as the seventh seed. I'm sure that's not a, a matchup that that Coach Knight wants uh, feels real good about getting in a quarterfinal either. And Coach Knight, they they took care of business. Laconia came to them, they beat them eight nothing. Again, tough to hold a team sure. scoreless. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably some adjustments that Laconia can make there. Um, you know, in terms of Hopkinson. You know, they, they've yeah. lost a bunch of tight games. It's not like they've been blown out. Like, they, they have lost to some of the better teams in the league, but they're playing them tough, and, and they know how to win. They've clearly been there before. They've got a huge game coming up as we're recording this today, this afternoon, at, at Plymouth. Um, so that's going to help shake some things out there. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm the two-seed, I definitely don't want Hopkinton in that in that quarterfinal round. And that, you know, they, they lost at Campbell 4-2. to two. Um, in a game that um, I, you know, that's I, a I was, game that can go either way, and well, one of Campbell's four goals was, you know, uh, one of their poles, you know, tried to clear the ball from midfield. It got by everybody, including the goalie, and and just trickled into the net for for a goal. So that was really a three-two game, and even that, it was it was just a a, a rock fight, like yeah. just throwing the ball around, people hitting each other. Not much off, uh, clearly not much offense. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I would expect something similar if they played again. Um, you know, and then and then you look at the the bottom part there, like of the of the standings. Um, you know, right now, like in Division uh, Two, we got a three way tie there for that last spot. Lebanon, Bishop Brady, Interlakes, Moultonboro. Right now, Brady has the tiebreaker um, over those other two, so they would they are right now the tenth seed. They play Interlakes Moultonboro Thursday night at St. A's uh, in what should be a game for that last spot. Lebanon finishes up Wednesday with Campbell, um, presuming that Campbell's going to come out on top in that one, put Lebanon at 4-10. and 10. The other two right now are at 4-9. and nine. The winner goes to 5-9 and nine and, pro- and gets that, that last spot. So really a, pl- a play-in game to the play-in round yeah. uh, for Division Three. Yeah. You know, I know, uh, you know, Coach Hurley up at Interlakes, Moultonboro, and, and Coach Lamparelli at, at Bishop Brady, I think I think getting in the playoffs would mean a lot to both those programs. I know they're building. They've been – they they have been building for a while. And, um, you know, I, I think in this case, sometimes, you know, you, you don't want that last playing spot, you know. But I think for both these programs, it would be, huge, be huge for both yeah. of them. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we said from the beginning, Coach Lamparelli, right, building the foundation. And, you know, that's, that's what they've been doing. And – you know, to get rewarded and make the playoffs, I think would be would be a big thing for those guys. And they are playing well right now. They had won three straight. You know, they they played a close game with two of the top programs out there. They they lost by two to Hopkinton, and then they lost a one goal game to Pelham the other day on back to back days. You know, so um, they they are playing well right now. Well, that's a yeah. You mentioned getting into that playing game. They'd be the ten seed playing the seven in that opening round game. We just said is probably going to be either Hopkinton or Laconia. They lost by Brady two to lost Hopkinton and lost by one, one to Laconia. So, so anything could happen. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think by by no means is it uh you know a one and done if you if you get into the if you get in that last seed. Yeah. Um, probably should mention too that that um, that game last Friday between Campbell and Bo, um, you know had the opportunity to get over there. Looked like early that Bo was just going to steamroll them. It was uh it was four nothing uh pretty quick. Uh, I say it was five two I believe at the end of the first quarter. 7-3 at halftime. Uh, and then and, and the weirdest part about it, too, was that Campbell's defense, especially in that first quarter, just looked like they 
I, I don't know what was going on, but they were just having all kinds of problems. They get in at halftime, fix whatever they were doing. They hold Bo to two goals in the second half. Um, and then they made a late run, got it to 9-8, had opportunities in the last 90 seconds. They were actually up two men with about uh, 30 seconds to go and just kept – they threw the ball around and couldn't, uh, couldn't get, a, couldn't good get a really good shot. Uh, and Bo helped them out too by not only with the penalties, but when they would get the ball back and clear it, they'd turn it right over uh, yeah. and give Campbell another shot. So, uh, you know, by no means, I think, I think if they were to meet again, you'd get probably a, a, a game that was – Maybe even not quite as high scoring, but certainly as close. I, I like what Campbell's doing right now. They they seem to have figured some things out on the defensive end. I mean, if you go all the way back to right before vacation, you know they are giving up. You know, very they're they're they, their defense is playing well right now. They're not giving up a lot of goals. Um, you know, they're they're not going to be. I think against the good teams, they're not going to be a high scoring team. But they they've figured they've figured some things out, and they're making some really good defensive adjustments. They've the nine goals they gave up to Bo was a season high. Yeah, you know they gave up nine to to Co Brown um, in a ten nine overtime game. Um, and their only other games with more than five um, were against Plymouth and Pelham. You know, so yeah, they are they're playing very good defense right now. Yeah, as is Bo. Um, you know the the eight goals scored there is uh, the second most that the, that the Falcons have allowed this year. So uh, some very good defense as we've said before being played in uh, in Division three. Well, any other uh, any other thoughts before we uh, we wrap up for this week? I, I know I had my my rant there. Do you, any any rants for for coach here before we? No, uh, no rants for me. I'm uh, just I, I think uh, I'm excited to see how these games shake out over the next couple of days here. Usually, like we talked about, usually at the end of the season there isn't a whole lot of drama left to, de- to determine things. Most of the time it's been out, but um, I think it speaks to the parity in a lot of the divisions this year that uh, you know so much left is to be determined. And I do think you we kind of mentioned it through here. I think it's really cool that some of these regular season games are getting played at colleges. Right. St. Anselm, New England College. Um, you know, it's pretty neat that these kids have these opportunities this year uh, to do that in a non-playoff setting. Yeah, yeah. That's been um, kind of a, a surprise, too, when you're looking at the schedule and you're running, like, seeing 630 starts. And you're like, that school doesn't have lights. Don't have what lights. is going on here? Yeah. Um, yeah, So, and I, I know for myself I will be taking advantage of some of those Late games, plan on heading over to St. A's for that uh, Interlegs Bishop Brady game on Thursday. Um, should be a fun one. And then uh, there was another one. Uh, there's so many so many games going through my mind and, and so many places I've been this week that I'm, I'm kind of blanking on uh, what else I was going to do. But Well, here you go. I'll give you – you want my playoff rant. I'll tell you right now. I've said for a while I think St. A's is an incredible venue. We've, uh, we've, we used to play there in the Battle of the Cats when, when uh, Wyndham and, and Derryfield matched up for a few years in a row and, and played at night. It was a really fun atmosphere. Um, I, you know, great parking there. It's a cool venue. You know, you can kind of – it's a big stadium, but you can kind of fill the stands – um, you know, I don't know if they can if they can host regular season games when they're when their school's out. You know, maybe I don't know. I, again, nothing against Bill Ball and Exeter. I love I love that uh, I love that venue, but I, I do think it's neat when you get to play at a, at a neutral site college venue like that. It just I don't know what it is. It's a it's a different atmosphere. Well, and it, I, I kind of it's just fun. It adds. You know? It makes the game feel bigger. I, like, I that's I don't that's what I feel like I feel like it is kind of special that you yeah, can play it at yeah. college you know it, they've talked for years about uh, possibly doing it at UNH and I actually think UNH for lacrosse would actually wouldn't wouldn't no, be the right venue no. I think it's too big um, you know and I I just uh, 
and the fact that you know it, it's not that centrally located you know right. i think i think something like a saint a's or even a southern new hampshire where you know it's kind of centrally located for all teams would would be would be a lot of fun um you know and i know that i know one of the issues again saint a or uh, snhu has been great in terms of you know for us for renting and things like that but they don't have the staff there when school gets out for them that's why they haven't over the last couple of years been able to host uh playoff games and things like that but i'm intrigued that st a's is able to do this and and maybe that's something to look into in the next couple of years if only there was an organization that could find maybe volunteers to you know say from some committees or something to i'll mention it to them work these guys i don't just a I don't know. Just a thought. All right. Well, I think that's going to uh, wrap us up for uh, for this week. Last regular season week of the podcast. We're going to have playoff previews next week. Uh, maybe one of us will make some predictions. Uh, it won't be Coach Hetler. That's what I kind of figured. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for today. You gave uh, me bulletin board material last week. I don't need to be giving out any bulletin board <laughs> material. That's my goal. I want, I want to be up on everybody's bulletin board. <laughs> all right. Well, Coach, thanks again for doing this. And uh, we will talk to everyone next week. He is Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. Have a great week.